Hi, this is Terrell Somerville, the lead pastor of Freedom Church. Welcome to our podcast. We hope you enjoy the message today and that you'd also take time to get plugged in to your local church. We believe you can't do life alone, so we learn to do life together. I also want to thank our givers who make this podcast possible. If you are blessed by this ministry, please consider subscribing, giving, and sharing this with your friends and family. God bless you. Guys, give some love and say Happy New Year to everybody on the other side of the camera that's watching from everywhere. Say Happy New Year. So glad you guys have tuned in. Hey, so thankful that you are here today. And especially if it's your first time here, guess what? The building didn't fall in, right? Isn't that cool? You didn't need a hard hat. It's all good. All right. And, uh, I, but aren't those seats comfortable? But listen, don't get too comfortable. Okay. Because we have them wired with 110 electricity. If I see you sleeping, all I got to do is push a button and mmm, mmm. Nah, just kidding. Anyway, uh, but very thankful to have this wonderful place to be able to worship God today. And just think, now that you're here today and you showed up on the first Sunday of the new year, you have perfect church attendance thus far. Say, thank God. All right, so it's, it's up to you to continue that trend, all right? So let me ask you this. How many of you here, and this is a question probably somebody may have asked you, but how many of you here would be willing to share and by raising your hand that you did make a New Year's resolution? Just lift your hand real high, real high, real high. Okay, quite a few of you did that. All right, great, great, great. That's great that you would do that. That is amazing. Uh, but here's what I want you to know. Did you know that six in 10 people in our, in our nation does that or have either done that in the past? And, but here's what's really sad. Less than 10% of people actually complete that or are ultimately successful. And so, how many of you here that you've made it in the past, you found it really hard to keep? Would you raise your hand? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's probably the lion's share of us here and for when it comes to New Year's resolutions. Well, I want to share a few things with you, New Year's resolutions that I found um, that are really, you have no chance at keeping that people say, okay, here we go. Lose 20 pounds by going to the gym every day. I will spend less than five hours a day on the internet. Spend less than $1,000 for coffee at Starbucks this year. Some of you are radical, okay? Let's be honest. All right? Lose weight by inventing an anti-gravity machine. How about this one? This is what my kids get, get with me all the time. Stop repeating myself again and again and again. Stop repeating myself again and again. I'm an over-communicator because communication is the key. But here's another one that you have no chance of keeping. I resolve to work with neglected children, my own. How about New Year's resolutions that you can actually keep? Read less. Watch more TV. Gain enough weight to get on The Biggest Loser. I will start buying lottery tickets at luckier stores. How about this one? Stop exercising. How about this one? Procrastinate more. Here's one. I will no longer waste my time reliving the past. Instead, I will spend it worrying about the future. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of people that do that. You have no problem worrying about a day that has not come about in your life yet. And here's one. Start, you can keep this one. Start washing my hands after I use the restroom. Ooh, I don't want to shake hands with them, do you? But how about this one? I will do less laundry and use more, deter more deodorant. 
So, with that being said, like most people, every new year, you want to think of things that you want to change in your life. You may be, you're here today and you haven't been to church in a while or, or it's your first time in church. I don't know. But maybe you're thinking, you know, I do believe there's a God and I would like to seek him. I would like to deepen my relationship with him. Or, or maybe you're here and you're thinking, this year I need to really make some changes in my finances. I want to be able to save more, spend less. Or and maybe you're thinking, I want to have a healthier family. I want to be able to break some bad habits. Or maybe this year you're thinking, I want to find the love of my life. I want to be a person that's going to reduce the stress and anxiety that's going on in my life due to my career or my company. But a lot of times when we make these goals, by the end of time, by the end of January, a lot of times you've already failed at that. So today, and I thank God for this series, we're talking about no more insanity. Uh, you all know the age-old definition of insanity, doing the same things over and over and over again, inspecting different results. However, I want you to know today that you have the absolute opportunity for the power through God in order to be able to accomplish that which you set out to do that's in His will. So how many of you here want to change your sense of what's possible in your life? Just raise your hand of what's possible, okay? Thank God for that. So how many of you believe and that you can get the power and access the power that's going to shape your experience. If you will believe in that through the power of Almighty God, I want you to know. Because so many times, here, here's what I'm going to tell you, and listen to me, I'm just, if you'll listen to what God has given me today, and you'll make it adhere to your soul, you'll put it into play, you will have the best year you've ever had in your life. I'm going to say it one more time. Rewind. If you will, will take what God has given me and apply it to your heart, to your life, let it adhere to your soul, let it be systematic on it, I'm telling you, you can have the best year of your life. But it's totally up to you to whether you believe it and to whether you're willing to receive it. So here's the deal. Starting today and over the coming weeks, I'm going to be talking about the power for you to be able to change spiritually, to be able to change physically, to be able to change emotionally, mentally, financially, professionally. This is what this is about. So it's all about life alignment. You ever thought about that life alignment? How you align your life is what I'm talking about through this series of, of talks that I'm going to do over the coming weeks. It's all about that. Believing and receiving that God has the power to be in your life that's not needed just to accomplish some goal that you want, not to just have some good life, but I'm talking about having the God life that He created you for. But where, here's where I always get pushback from people. Well, you don't understand, Pastor. I'm always a quitter. <laughs> I never finish what I start. Or it just seems like I just can't help myself. Or, or you don't understand, I've never been physically fit. Or you don't understand, I, I've never been good with money. Or, or Listen, it's all about choice. It's all about choice, all about decisions, because decisions always determine destiny. You have a choice. You can live with limited belief about yourself, or you can make a choice and believe and receive and be liberated by the truth of how God wants to help you. And that's where we're at. I'm just, I'm taking out all stops. I've been praying. Listen, I was over there praying for every one of you and today and have been praying for everybody that would be assembled in this auditorium that you would be liberated from the lies the enemy's going to tell you about your life. So is everybody ready to jump into the Word of God? Everybody ready? Say amen. amen. Or oh me, because you're going to get it anyway. Anyway, 
So here, listen, Paul, here, now you got to imagine, the Apostle Paul, major writer of the New Testament, here's a guy that's going about murdering Christians, then God calls him into ministry. He gets knocked off his high horse in Acts chapter 9 of the New Testament, and he asks two important questions of him. He says, who are you, Lord? What would you have me to do? Next thing you know, he was on his road to be able to, 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 be able to imprison more Christians and kill more Christians and all that. Next thing you know, he's a person of the way as well as the other Christians. And this is what he wrote to the Romans that I think is is just so applicable to you and I today. Listen in your reading here, beginning in Romans 7, beginning with verse 15. He says, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. How many ever feel like that? <laughs> I know I do. He says, but if, I, but if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I, but if I, do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing it. Do you hear that? But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. He says, it is a sin living in me that does it. He said, I've discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me. You might want to underline that. There's another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. How many of you would say that that's me and I feel like that at times? Would you raise your hand and say, that's all of us. I think all of us feel that way at times. And, and when you look at what Paul is saying here, this is his cry of desperation that all Christians experience against that tug and that power of sin in our lives. And when you think about the word sin, it just simply means you're missing the mark. You're missing the mark that God has laid out and directed and has a course for your life. And when you are dealing with that, that power within you, you miss the mark of the life that God wants to give you ultimately to live, to be able to reach out and be the person he created you and not just have a life of success, but to have a life of significance. So he's trying to please God, but it's, it's, you can't please God outside of the Spirit's power. That's what he's saying. So you can never underestimate free will. You can do what you want to, when you want to, how you want to, where you want to, and who you want to with. That's free will. God's not going to mess with that. You can never underestimate in your life the power of sin and the draw of that. You will never, and now you should never ever underestimate Satan's ability to tempt us, and we end up making excuses. See, the power within us is our sin nature. And basically what that means, it refers to the loyalty of the old way of selfishness that we live in our lives rather than living for God. Listen about what I'm going to tell you. Christianity isn't a playground. Christianity is a battleground. I'm going to say that one more time. Christianity isn't a playground. Christianity is a battleground. And the only way you're going to win the battle is if you have the right armor and you have the right relationship and you have the right power of His Spirit in your life to be successful. So God provides a way to be able to live victoriously over sin and selfishness, and it will only be through the Holy Spirit's power. But here's a question I want to throw out at you. Why is there so much insanity today? Seems like the world's gone crazy. Well, it was happening in Jesus' day. 
And here's Jesus, and I want to set this up. We're going to go into Mark 5 here. Jesus had just got done having a discourse and, uh, and basically telling the, the Pharisees that just told him that, that he was crazy, more or less, and that what he was doing was of the devil, and he gets his power from the devil, and he tells them a house divided against itself cannot stand. He had been healing people and healing people and healing people. They're jealous of his power. And so he said, let's go, guys. They jump in a boat. They're going to go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. That's where they head. Well, that's where we pick up here in Mark's Gospel, chapter 5, verse 1. He says, and I'm going to read this in its entirety. It's not in your outline. It's too long to put in there, but I want you to listen to me closely. You can read it up on the screen. It says, so they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained even with a chain. Whenever he, put, whenever he was put into the chains and shackles, as often as he was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Listen to that. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the Spirit, Come out of the man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus demanded, What is your name? And he replied, My name is Legion, because there are many of us inside this man. Then the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send, send us into those pigs, the spirits begged. Let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission. The evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake, referring to the Sea of Galilee, and drowned in the water. The herdsmen fled to the nearby town and surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there, fully clothed, perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. Then those who had seen what had, what had happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs. And the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. But Jesus said, no, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. So the man started off to visit the ten towns of the region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he had told them. Now, I don't know how familiar you are, that you may be, or whether you have read this story before and you wondered what was taking place here, but what I will tell you, that there are three forces at play within what happened to the man here. In, other, in Luke 8 and in Matthew 8, it refers to two men, but this one was actually vocal that was actually talking to Jesus, the Son of God. 
There's three forces at play here, and that's what I want us to talk about today that is trying to influence the life of this man that we're looking at here today. First and foremost, when we look at the life that's it's in trying to influence him, it is Satan himself. See, what's taking place here in these lives are the same forces that takes place today in our lives. John 10 and 10, in the first part, Jesus said this. He said that these purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. That is the ultimate mission of the one who hates you, and he hates that you're here today. He hates that you want to even get close to God. He hates that you would even think about praying or reading your Bible or doing anything that pulls you and leads you toward a relationship with God. He does not like that. So he has all these demons that are trying their best to be able to influence you and the decisions you make, the choices you make, especially when it has to do with spiritual things to get close to Almighty God. The demons are going to do what they can do to influence you into a state of depression, to be able to influence you into suicidal thoughts, to be able to influence you to have feelings of desperation that life is not good. Now, we don't know how these demons entered this man or both of those men according to other gospels, but possibly it could have been a result of them yielding to sin. Let me say this to you and listen closely to what I'm about to say to you. The greatest trick that Satan, the devil, has ever pulled off is convincing people in this world that he does not exist. Look at Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. It says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Now, when you think about Satan and you think about a demon, people wonder, well, what is a demon? Well, I know what a demon is. That was my old Uncle Joe, and he was a hell raiser, and he's a demon. No, no, no. It's not Uncle Joe, okay? It's just not him. I don't care how bad he was. It's not him. When you think about a demon, a demon is a fallen angel. When you look in Isaiah in the Old Testament, chapter 14, you will see that Satan, Lucifer himself, wanted to be like God. He wanted to be, as a matter of fact, it says, like God most high. So God cast him out of heaven, and what he does day in and day out, according to Revelation 12, is that he wants to accuse the brethren night and day. He's going to make accusations against you. He's going to come at you. And so what scholars believe that whenever Lucifer was cast out of heaven, that the third of the angels that was cast out with him have become demons. Now, there's one devil, and there's many demons. That's his helpmates. What an angel is to God, a demon is to Satan. Hope you understand that. So, here's a question. How does Satan get a foothold in the lives of people today? When you play with sin. When you allow sin to become something that's in your life because of that power, you have to have the power of God to be able to defuse the power of Satan and the demons in your life. Listen, this man that we just read about, he lost everything in his life. He's no doubt lost his family. He lost his friends. He lost his home. He lost his fellowship. He lost his purpose in life. And no doubt he had no peace in his life. Now, when it comes to having the best year ever, there's a couple of things I think that people don't really get, and they do get it on one part and they don't on the other when it comes to influence of Satan and the demons. To be able to 
reach the resolutions, to be able to make your goals personal and professional. There's two big mistakes. First and foremost, we overemphasize the demonic influence of the enemy. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Listen to me. Not every problem is caused by a demon. A lot of people think, well, there's a demon under that rock. Or there's a demon under that seat. Oh, it's because of the devil. I don't have any money. No, it's because you don't know how to spend your money. You spend more than you make, and you blow money on things you don't need. That's what ends up happening. But we want to blame the devil on everything. Yes, the devil does cause problems, but he doesn't cause every single problem in your life. There's not a demon under every rock. I want you to understand that. A lot of people think, well, not every problem is caused for the demons. I get that. Well, I ate the whole pizza, and it's the devil's fault. No, it's your fault because you didn't stop when you needed to, okay? It's just the way it is, all right? So, that is a problem. We overemphasize demons and everything that's in every problem. But also, on the flip side of that, we underemphasize the demonic influence. Once again, not every problem is caused by demons. But I will tell you, more problems are caused by these forces than what you can ever imagine that's coming from darkness. What do demons ultimately do at the lead of Satan, their leader? First and foremost, they're going to tempt you to sin, to miss the mark. That's what's going to happen. He's going to do everything he can do to tempt you in your life. It, he's going to tell you, he's going to tell you, you deserve it. You watch it. You take it. You shoot it. You drink it. You smoke it. Whatever it is. Ah, oh, you're not going to get caught. Don't worry about getting caught. You're not going to get caught. You know, and I don't know if the devil talks like that or the demons, but anyway, but it's no big deal. You can do that. Listen, everybody else is doing it. Why would you not do it? That, so they're going to tempt you to sin, but I tell you, one of the biggest things that the enemy and the demons wants to do against you starting on this first Sunday of the new year, he wants to distract you from God's will for your life. That's what he wants. He, don't, he wants to distract. He don't want you to live in God's will. He wants you to live in a will that's going to please him because he hates you with everything he's got because you can get close to God and he can't. He has an eternal destination and you don't have to go there with him. That's why he hates you. A lot of people, he, what he's going to do is, well, all roads lead to God. He's going to tell you, make your own pathway. You can deal with Buddha. You know, you can have that kind of deal. You can do the new age. You can do witchcraft. <laughs> Wicked. That's, going to, that's what he's going to do. He's going to try to tell you all this. He's going to try to well, tell you the Bible's not true. That's what he's going to try to tell you. He's going to try to tell you all these different things uh, that for you to be able to do. He's going to try to tell you this. Well, I don't need the church. <laughs> you don't need that church. Why would you go to that church? Well, I mean, you came today. You can come back next Easter. You can be a CME Christian. You know what a CME Christian is? They come Christmas, Mother's Day, and Easter. That's a CME Christian, right? People say, well, I don't need the church. Well, I'm going to tell you one thing I appreciate about our church because I got a little two-month-old grandson that's on a ventilator in Springfield, Missouri at Mercy Children's Hospital right now, and he's in stable critical condition. And a lot of you have been there for my family and been there for my kids. You have called them, texted them, commented to them on social media. Some of you have given them money, and most of all, you're praying. So I thank God for my church family. Because when the going gets rough, you get going with Jesus and you lift them up in prayers. And I will say, thank you, Freedom Church. God bless you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, 
something else, not only the demons will tempt you to sin and try to pull you away from God's will, but they just, he's all the time inflicting suffering. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, look at the torment of this man in the story that I just read, the man in the Gerasenes, in the caves. It says there that he was howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. There's a lot of cutting going on today with our young generation. Do you think they're doing it because they want to do it? They're doing it because they're being told lies, steal, kill, and destroy. You're not worth anything. Just cut yourself. Just cut yourself. Same thing a guy was doing here. Same thing's happening today. It is the influence of this demonic force that I'm talking about. He wants to do everything he can do to make you suffer. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to ruin your testimony. He wants to wreck your finances. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to obliterate your health. He wants to be able to crush your children. That is the very goal of the enemy is to be able to disrupt and to be able to distract you from anything good that you set out to do good in your life. James 4 and 7 tells us to be able to submit to God. If we will submit to God and resist the, resist the devil, he will flee from you, but he's not going to stay away. He's going to come running back. I want you to know that. So not only is there one force at play in this story, this, at play in this story of this man from the Gerasenes, which is Satan, but it's also society. Now, when you look at this story and you realize in society, it was a force that this demoniac could not do. They couldn't do anything with this demoniac. The society here couldn't accomplish much with him. I look in Luke 8 and verse 29 from the same story, and it says, For Jesus had already commanded the evil spirit to come out of him. This spirit had often taken control of the man. Even when he was placed under guard and put in chains and shackles, he simply broke them and rushed out into the wilderness completely, listen to this, say completely, completely under the demon's power. Probably somebody in your mind right now has come to mind and you're thinking, that's the way it's got to be with them because I see how they act. Everything that they do is totally against what I think God would want them to do. That's a person that's completely under a demon's power. And the demon says, and when you think about this man being, being named Legion, do you understand what that means? A legion was about 6,000 foot soldiers in the Roman army. So you imagine that many demons completely controlling this man. So the attempts to tame this man from society had completely failed. And I think today with all these scientific achievements that society has, we still cannot cope with the problems that's caused by Satan and by sin. Last Sunday was case in point in the church shooting in Texas. And I want you to, I did, a little, I did a little research on this from this guy that done the shooting. His name was Keith Kenowin. Listen to what his sister said about her own brother. Amy Kenowin said that she knew that her brother had carried out a horrific crime and a senseless killing, basically an attack on innocent people. But let, let me quote her what she's saying. He was a lost soul that had demons from his childhood. I keep repeating this, but we are products from our environment, she said. See, Keith Kenowin lived a troubled childhood that she insisted. And his sister and him, and his sister, and she basically, she believed that this is why the attack came. And it came from Kenowin struggled with her younger brother's death by suicide. Well, I want to thank God for Jack Wilson because it hadn't been for Jack Wilson being there in the church, a lot more people would have perished. Do you agree with that? Thank God for him. 
Thank God for him. And I want to thank God for our safety team here, that we have a safety team here at Freedom Church. And it's sad that we have to have a safety team so you and I can worship in spirit and in truth. But I thank God for every one of them that's here across this campus, and we need to thank God for them as well. While we cannot thank God that society, you know, we can't even really, society's trying to offer this limited amount of restraint and protection. We can thank God for that, understand what I'm saying. But we got to confess that society cannot permanently solve the problems that's delivered by Satan and, and how he terrorizes victims in Jesus' day, like the man in the Gerasene caves nor in today's modern age. Look at, Matt, look at Mark chapter 5 and verse 7. It said, with a shriek, he screamed, why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. Listen to this. The demons were screaming at the son of almighty God. Why are you interfering with me? It was a shriek of fear. It was a shriek of defense. It was a rebellion against God. Isn't that like our society today, a rebellion against God? Are you with me? Do you agree with that? Raise your hand if you agree with that. It is like a rebellion against God. No one today likes to admit being demon-possessed, but most of our society, like the demons, is screaming at God, they're screaming at the church, and they're screaming at Christian values. That's where we live at today in this nation. Why are you interfering with me? Get out of my life. That's why people want to think about Christian values. When people reject Jesus and Jesus' authority, they put themselves on the side of the demons and are heading in the same direction. When you're playing with sin and you're doing sin every day, you're heading in the same direction with the enemy. And every person has got to ask themselves this question. Will I choose autonomy and self-will leading to destruction? in my life for this year, 2020, or will I choose Christ's loving leadership that laid a course out for my life before I was ever born over my life and that he gave me forgiveness, that he's healing me from my sin, that he's cleansing my life, he's giving me a better life than I could ever imagine and giving me true freedom. See, these decisions have eternal implications for your life. See, there's a force of Satan that we're looking at from this story, even like there's a force of Satan today who wants to defeat you in every way. There is a force of society who is bewildered in how to even deal with Satan's antics. So the only one force who can help us whether it's to accomplish a New Year's resolution, whether it's to be able to get more contracts in your company this year, or whether it's to be able to have better health or healing or restore your marriage or be able to have a hope for a career path where you, you can move in the direction that you know that you're passionate about or be able to be delivered from depression, and I could go on and on and on. It's going to be an opportunity for you to go from living a victim's life to living a victorious life through Jesus Christ, our Savior, who wants to help us, that has the greatest influence if you will listen and heed what he wants to do in your life. So that is the truth there. It's the Savior. So it's not Satan, it's not society. Satan and society are forces there. But this is a force here that needs to be reckoned with is the Savior, Jesus Christ. Satan wanted to completely destroy this man of the Gerasenes. That's what he wanted to do. But Jesus came to deliver him. Jesus even came through a storm when he made across the Sea of Galilee to get to him. And by the power of his word, he cast out demons and he set this man free.
Look at verse 15 in Mark 5. It says, a crowd soon gathered around Jesus and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons, thousands of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane and they were all afraid. See, this man had been demon possessed, but he became a living example of the power of of Jesus Christ, our Savior. He wanted to go with Jesus, but Jesus told him, you need to go home and you need to share your story with your family and your friends and all those in your circle. And when we as people experience the power of Jesus Christ, our Savior, he wants you and I to share that with others and not keep it to ourselves. You know, I read with you Paul's dilemma and cry of desperation in Romans 7. I want to read the, the, the couple more verses here to you. It says in verse 24 in the, verse, in the first part of verse 25 in Romans 7, he says, Oh, what a miserable person I am. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but there's no doubt in a crowd of people this size here today, you have been that person that has made the comment to yourself, Oh, what a miserable person I am at some point, at some time in your life. He says, who will set me, who will free me from this life that is dominated? Do you hear that? Dominated by sin and death. Thank God the answer is in who? What's those next two words? Jesus Christ, Christ, our Lord. So you look here and you might underline, he says, he's a miserable person. But when we come to faith in him in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a what? What's those two words? A new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. So when you're with Christ, you have his spirit. He gives you his spirit on the moment that you become that new creature in him. You don't have to be a miserable person. And then what does he do for you? The last part of John's gospel, chapter 10 and verse 10 says, my purpose, Jesus is saying, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. How many of you here want a rich and satisfying life? Raise your hand real high up to the, up to the heavens. That's what God wants to do with all of us. It's not just about resources, but it's about peace. It's purpose. It's having happiness. It's having that sense to know that God is has got your back whenever the world feels like it's against you, that God is with you. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's going to go with you even to the end of the world. And whenever you have him in your heart, in your soul, leading you in your walk, and you're depending on him, it makes all the difference in the world. So here's what I want to say. How many of you here, you want to have the best year you've ever had? Would you just raise your hand? I want to have the best year I've ever had. Well, listen, what I'm going to share with you here is how you can do it. Now, if you don't want to show up next week, you take the direction you want to go. If you don't want to listen to what I'm saying, you take the direction you want to go. You have free will. But what I'm about to share with you is the holy recipe for how you and me can have the best year that we've ever experienced in our living being. It comes from Psalm. 37, verse 4 and 5, and then I'm going to break it down for you. It says, take delight. Say delight. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. 
heart's desires. See, to delight in someone is to be able to experience great pleasure in their presence. That's what that means. That means that you need to take delight and have great pleasure in the presence of the Lord, and the Lord wants to reciprocate that relationship. Then in verse 5, it says, commit. Say, commit. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust Him, and He will help you. Trust Him, and He will help you. So you commit everything, not some, not part, not some of my calendar, not some of my checkbook, not some of my gifts, not some of my talents, but I commit everything of my entire being to Him, and I trust Him who will never let you down. How many of you have been burned by somebody you trusted? They hurt you and burned you. Raise your hand. Most everybody across the audience. Trust Him who is never going to let you down and says, He will help you. So what David is calling us to do here is to commit everything we have and do for him. And we entrust our lives. We entrust our families. We entrust our jobs. We entrust our possessions. We entrust our company. We entrust our business. We entrust our gifts. We entrust our resources. We entrust everything that we have to God's influence. And we commit that to him. And then he will lead us in the direction because trusting God is trusting him that he cares for us better than we care for ourselves. And he already knows what's best for you and for me. So here's the 2020 challenge. I will tell you this. Number one, you give God the first part of every day. You say, well, I got to get the kids off to school, and man, they've just, they've just changed something at work. We're doing this project, and I got to go in early, blah, blah, blah. Listen, I'm not talking about spending hours like Martin Luther did. Martin Luther, he, had a, he would spend three hours with the Lord before he'd go on a date. If he knew he was going to have a hard day, the one with the Reformation, he would add an hour, be four hours. So I'm not talking about four hours. I'm talking about a time that you don't have your phone on, a time that you can get away, wherever that be. It's not the position of the body. It's the position of your heart that you give God the first part of your day. You pray to him. You read a verse, whatever that is. You just spend time with him. It's not long prayers. It's not long without prayer. And you give him the first part of that day in that relationship. You're delighting in him because he has your life and he wants you to live it the way he laid it out before you and I were born. So that's important. Read your Bible. Pray. Seek him. The second part in this, in commitment. It's not only that you're delighting in him, but in this commitment in this, not only are you giving him the first part of your day, you give him the first part of your week. Listen, if you don't want to be a part of Freedom Church, that's just fine. Go to another church, but find a church family. It ain't about this church, it's about the kingdom. Love for you to be here, but if it's you're just visiting today, be sure that you go and you give the first part of your week to your church family. I want to challenge you to be able to, to give your time, to be able to give your treasures, to be able to give your talents, to be able to know that God is in your iCal and God is in your checkbook and that you're doing everything you can do that He has blessed you with to be able to do everything that it can to make sure that His kingdom is furthered. And we at Freedom Church exist to reach people to know God. That's what we're about. We need people right now to be leading groups. Right here it is, leading groups. Some of you right here, you could shut your Bible and quote to me so many scriptures it'd be un unreal what you can do. And you think, well, I'm timid and shy. <laughs> I'm timid and shy too sometimes. I was very insecure about getting up here today. And you won't believe that, but that's the truth. Fill this out and say, you know what? I'd just like to rub shoulders with other people that want to read the Bible and just look at it. It doesn't mean you got to have all the answers because he's the answer. Fill this out and drop it in there. 
If you're a leader here, you lead a company or you lead your family or you lead your supervisor at work or you're a professional mom, whatever it is. I'm starting the first Wednesday night of February at 6.30 right here in this auditorium. We're going to do a book study from J. Oswald Sanders called Spiritual Leadership. If you want to take part in something that can radically change your life and your leadership, I challenge you to sign up for it on the back of the card, wherever you want to, drop it in the offering. I, this is a year that I'm pulling out all stops and I want to see God do more in our lives than you could ever imagine that God could do in your life. But it depends on you delighting in the Lord and committing to Him the first part of your day and the first part of your week. If you want the best year ever, that's the recipe. What are you going to do, church? Come on now. It's up to you. Stand together with me as we pray. Precious Father, we come to you, God, today. And God, when we get delighted and committed to you this year, our Savior like never before, no part of our life for what society's going on and Satan and his cronies, God. Truly the best is yet to come, God. And we can have the best year ever, but it depends upon that decision today. I pray, God, that your spirit is touching every soul in this place. How many of you here, with heads bowed and you're kind of looking in your life, how many of you here, you're a Christ follower, but you know you need really, you need a power boost today? Would you just lift your hand real high and say, I need a, I need a power boost today? Praise God. Praise God. You need to be renewed and you just need God's presence and power. Thank you for listening, lifting your hands. I want you to pray and ask God for that and say, God, I am going to get in a full life alignment, delighting in you today and committing to you today because I want to have the best year I've ever had in my earthly life for your glory and your honor. Heavenly Father, I pray for every hand that went up that you would bless them today with a renewed presence and sense of your awareness, God, that you not only want us to delight in you, but I know, God, because you created us in your likeness and image, you are delighting in us in that relationship that you want to have with us. God, may we experience great pleasure in your presence, God, every day. Pray, God, for those that are hurting and lonely and broken and, and, and addictions as might be have grabbed a hold of their life, God. I pray, God, for those things to be broken, for those things to be freed of those things. I pray for power to come into their life today. I will tell you as we continue to pray how that you will not be able to accomplish the best year ever. And that's if you do not have a relationship in your heart with Jesus Christ as your Savior. See, in this life, we've all been born once. But like in John's Gospel, chapter 3, Nicodemus went to Jesus and Jesus told him, you must be born again. Now, what does that mean? Nicodemus did not understand. And he told him, I've already been, how can I enter my mother's womb again? He says, no, you are born of water from your mother. You must be born of the Spirit of God. That's for anyone here. If you feel the Lord knocking on your heart and you feel his convicting presence, it's because he wants you to be born again. If you're looking on the other side of the camera and you know that, he wants you to be born again. See, our sin separates us from God. And, and I believe with all my heart that that's why many of you are here today. That's why many of you have tuned in. You need a new heart and a new start. So you're about to discover God's grace in its fullest. His compassion, His love, His mercy, His forgiveness. Experience His peace and His purpose. 
But it's your prayer that does that. So if that's you today and you need to receive him as Lord for the first time, would all church, you be praying, everyone else be praying for those around you. Just pray to the Lord and tell him, Lord, I recognize today I need you in my life in this new year. Tell him, say, Lord, I recognize I'm a sinner. I've missed the mark in a lot of things. Whatever it may be, Lord, I don't want to miss the mark anymore. Tell him, say, I want to be born anew. I want to be spiritually forgiven. I want to be transformed. Please forgive me, Lord Jesus, of everything. I ask you to save my soul. It's yours. Now, if you've prayed that and you've meant this from the depths of your soul as we're still praying, I want you to look up here at me. The rest of you be praying, but if you did that for the first time, look up here at me and just lift your hand real high and say, that happened to me today. Just lift your hand just real high across the auditorium. Just lift it up. Shoot your hand up and then back down. All right. All right. Praise God. Father, we love you and thank you, God, for what you've done today in the hearts of people. I'm praying and continuing to pray, God. This is going to be the best year ever, not only for me and my family, but for every family here, God. Thank you that we have the opportunity to delight in you, our maker, and commit everything to you. And you said you'd help us. Hello, Pastor Jim here. I just wanted to come on and thank you for listening and help answer the question, what next? If you gave your life to Jesus today, we would love to take that journey with you. Simply text the word SAVED to 615-900-2176. And make sure to follow us through the week on our social media accounts at Freedom Church TN. We love you. Have a blessed week.